the one who requested we do this on this day because he had some pertinent information he wanted to prepare for. He did. <laughs> he requested it. Uh, and we both responded and agreed. So, but other than that, I know it's, it's a, a cold, dreary day, it seems to be here in America, or at least in, in the South. Uh, how's everything else going for you? Man, I'm ready for this runoff in Georgia. i just be honest with you. Like, yeah. I'm like on the seat of my pants. Like, it's it's been... I don't know. It's it's just been kind of a drawn out process. I'm just more like, okay, let's just let's just get it done. Like just well, there's a lot of there's a lot at stake. Yeah. Because right now there's 48 seats that go to Democrats and there's 50 seats that go to Republicans. Mm -hmm. So if these two seats change and go Democrat, you now got a Senate that's 50 50. Yep. So that means if we get to a uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a stalemate on a vote. You know who mm -hmm. gets to decide what what the outcome is? Who would be the that vice president? Mm -hmm. The vice president gets to make the choice. So yeah. this would be the biggest power swing the Democrats have will have since Obama's first term. Yep. And I'm just excited because if you get these two seats, then whatever bills um, Biden and Harris push. Mm -hmm. They they get to come to the floor, they get passed, the Senate passes them. But if you don't do that, then they lose power. Uh, and then they, they stall out. I'm doing a video conference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Linda. All right. So just like that, um, there's further proof that wives rule the world. <laughs> so um it don't mind me brother i just have to take care of business every once in a while uh, okay if, if that's how we want to put it <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have one of my own so i know how it goes oh yeah sometimes you gotta think of, you gotta think of pause for the call yep oh <laughs> uh, uh, man i had to hit a, what what was i supposed to do when oh, i'll take it out later i'll take the trash out later <laughs> Uh, I had to hit one of those. But all right. So what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. Uh, you are hosted by yours truly, Dante Credo, brother from another Crap Mac is in the building. And the uh, third prodigal errant son is, as you guessed it, MIA. And what? Uh, we're going to... I know it's, it's almost like a recurring theme. This is like the season's recurring theme. So... Um, so just like the funny thing about it is once again this is the day and time he requested to get this done because he had some very very important information he wanted to share with with uh with the audience and <laughs> um so it was like all right we're going to get it done this day this time agreed agreed and then <laughs> nothing so we're going to move forward um Craig Mack. What it do, baby? This year's almost over, man. I can't wait. I, I just got to make, you got to survive. Just yeah. Survive. It's, it's like you see the finish line. 
And then you just like, if I could just drag my half dead carcass through this finish line, I, I'll be fine. And this year, man, it's been this year. People will make documentaries of like that. There will be movies and presentations and just this year will be remembered and go down in the history books because this has been a crazy year. And that's an understatement. Uh, that's it's, it's just been such a crazy year. And I, I don't know if we're if this year marks the end of what's going on in the world. So I see 2021, possibly into 2022, um, kind of being a similar thing. I think this is going to be the norm, at least for for the foreseeable future. But either way, get me out of 2020, please. And thank well, you. Well, I guess I'm a little optimistic. I mean, we mm -hmm. got new leadership in the White House. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like people are starting to work together. You know, like people are tired of being anti this and anti that. And I think people want to come together. I mean, maybe I'm a fool and this is what I want, but I don't know. Like, let's get through this year and let's start fresh next year. I, I want to, I want to be optimistic, but I just, uh, I can't. <laughs> and it's not so much as I'm being pessimistic for saying, thinking like all is lost in, in doom and gloom, so to speak, but it's just, I, I know and understand the sentiments of a lot of people is like, yo, let's just, you know, there is change to be made. There's progress to be achieved and strove and striven for. I don't even know if that's a word, but anyway, I just used it. Um, there's progress that we can achieve and reach for, but there's still an anchor of people who want to live in history and by quote unquote traditionalist means that wants to, you know, there's just such a deep divide. It's like, and you've been forced to really pick a side as far as how you want to view society of today and the culture of today. And it is just like, I don't know, but I will lean on the pessimistic, no, not, not pessimistic, Jesus. Uh, I will lean on the optimistic side that we will go for you know, something better. We will strive to be better. And I just think one that starts with self. And I think, and it's not even to get into the political part of it, but, you know, I won't, I won't pass up any moment to um, stick it to the conservatives, but, <laughs> you know, for those who pride themselves on, you know, self-responsibility and relying on self and individualism, um, I would think that'd be something that they would strive for, you know, self-improvement, self-enlightenment, educating oneself and things of that nature, but not so much, especially getting to up today. So just out the blue, I was watching a video earlier, uh, which is honestly a video I was going to make in the very near future is basically about all of the, you know, the preachers and the pastors and the quote unquote prophets that was like, you know, prophesying and just like guaranteeing that Trump will win. I was like, well, what happened to those? Um, and what happened to those people in, in those 
positions. And how do you hold them accountable for honestly being frauds and pandering to a base of people and selling religion? Um, Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. So, uh, I, well, well, let me tell you where, where I stand on that. I, I, I believe if you're going to use your position to prop up these false prophets, because that's kind of how I see it, then you mm-hmm. should be held accountable. Yep. Um, but but the, you know they're real good at putting on a nice little show and switching some words around and say, well, you know, we were misled or we didn't understand it, you know. So they're gonna wiggle their way out of these things because that's what they're good at. They they've been here before. Mm-hmm. They they know what people need to hear. You know they'll throw an apology out there and then it's business as usual. Come Sunday morning. Yeah, now for a lot of them that I've seen. It's not even an apology. A lot of them have kind of shifted to be like, well, Trump didn't win. He won, but the Democrats stole the election. And so they played <laughs> to the conspiracy thing. And yeah. so then that, like, I, I look at a lot of these and, I, and I'm like, well, now I have more questions because if God was able to prophesy to you and show you visions that Trump was winning and like a lot of these visions that these preachers and prophets and evangelicals uh, were conveying was like very, very vivid, but you just knew. And it's like, so if he showed you that Trump would win, wouldn't he be powerful and accurate enough to show you um, how the enemy would attempt to steal the election? He couldn't stop that. Getting awful theoretical there. Uh, So that's, that's all I'm saying. So like, I just have more questions. And it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll do a little video on it later because I, I want to talk a lot of shit. And I know we, you know, <laughs> we, we're trying to uh, condense everything down because this is, again, this is December 31st. And, you know, want to get a New Year's Eve pod out the way uh, and reach out to the people and then spend the rest of the night with our families. Um So with that said, I wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, That's everyone, because there's there's been a a huge spike in in the listenership. So shout out to everyone listening via Spotify. Shout out to your Apple Music, uh, your Amazon, uh, and shout out to those watching on YouTube. So I appreciate everyone for uh, for rocking with us as we, you know, figure this out and stumble forward. And yeah, so... uh, one thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting was uh, a story involving the OG Aunt Viv, Janet Hubert. And um, of course they recently had, she had her long years, years long beef with Will Smith because of uh, basically she wanted to get paid and treated a particular way in Hollywood. And at the time Will Smith kind of simped out and kind of left her out and they replaced her um, with uh, another Aunt Viv that we also know. I don't even know her real name, but shout out to her. But <laughs> all that being said, they they reconciled in a recent reunion thing. So all is well now, but Janet Hubert has always been an outspoken person. Like you could just look at it in her character uh, right. as, as Aunt Viv. You just knew she was outspoken, she was strong strong-minded, strong-willed, and I, I always liked it and respected that. And, and between the two, I always re- preferred the OG 
uh, Janet yeah. Hewitt. But the reason I'm interested with her is recently, you know, the chick that played on Full House, Lori Laughlin, and the whole school scandal thing that she went to jail for. Oh, yeah, she did some time for that. She did two whole months. <laughs> she was released earlier this week, I think like Sunday or Monday, something like that. Um, so she, after all this scandal where they paid like half a million dollars to uh, basically forge tests and to forge and falsify information on, you know, college uh, applications to show that, you know, her two daughters were involved in doing things that they actually weren't and they got admitted into uh, USC. And, you know, so the whole scandal was exposed and she wasn't remorseful. She didn't care. Uh, she played the victim and then acted like she didn't know what was going on. Uh, then when she got sentenced, she got sentenced to, I think, not even a year. Well, I think it was like two years or something like that. Um, I'll look it up for, for accuracy's sake. But all that being said, the sentence was, she got out in two months. So she did two months in jail. Uh, and so Janet Huber was like, basically, that's bullshit. That is straight up bullshit. And this is the epitome of white privilege because there are there are many instances of black people doing the same, changing the dress, like something simple as changing the dresses so their kid can go to a better school district to get the better education. And this is like on high school and middle school levels, but they get caught and they have to do years and still doing years in prison. And so people kind of gave a, a big backlash on Janet Huber for whatever reason. Um, and I know the trigger word of why was white privilege. So I, I, I wanted to see, what did you think about um, Fresh Prince going up against Full House? And, <laughs> and, but just the situation of, do you think that Janet Huber was out of pocket? Uh, or do you think that she was on to something? Well, I mean, clearly she's on to something, but she's only pointing out that something that people had known existed anyway. I mean, I mean, think about it. You're already uh, a multimillionaire from working on Full House, right? Mm -hmm. And then I don't even think that it was even necessary for her to even do all that. She just wanted to guarantee that most people don't have. Right. She wanted to make sure, or make her kids are stupid. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to ensure your future even if you can't, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. It would have never dawned on me to to, to forge all that information, because I would have been like, well, my kid's not capable. Why put them in that high-pressure situation for prestige? Mm -hmm. You're just setting them up for failure. So, I would have never done it in the first place. It would have never dawned on me, like, I can break the rules to get ahead and not get caught. Right. It just wouldn't it wouldn't have dawned on me. Like and that's, I guess that's what white privilege is when you can you think it's a good idea to break the rules because you're not afraid of the consequences. Because you're not afraid of the consequences, or you know that any consequence that comes towards you will be minuscule at best. Yeah. Mine, so like yeah, yeah like my worst case scenario is I may be caught and it'll be a slap on the wrist type of thing. Yeah. So like her actual tweet is basically, so when white actresses commit crimes, they get new shows, pilots, etc. 
Lori Laughlin, I assume, would get an Emmy for her time in prison. Uh, and then she said, hmm, oh, to be white, blonde, and privileged. No thanks. I'd rather be bold, black, and dignified. And oh, they came for her. They came for her heavy. And, and so she came back and she was like, there was a black woman that is serving five years for just using a different address to put her child in a better school. Those who are coming angry for my tweet, I will meet you at the door. Basically, like, look, I'm with all the smoke. And I'm like, yeah. mm hmm, I like right. that. I like that. I will meet you at the door. And, uh, but I, I just, I find it, I find the whole scenario just, just full of shit. It stinks of privilege. Like they were basically arguing that um, a, the large reason of why she was re uh, released early, like insanely early from what she was originally sentenced was because she was just so uncomfortable and she was a wreck while serving her time in prison. So they did everything they could to get that, that sentence just basically dissolved. And now I, I just thought there was such bullshit. And I was like, I, I think to that woman who, and I remember that story. This was years ago. I'm trying to think, when, when did this happen? Um, Probably about three or four years ago. Yeah, like... Uh, and they gave her straight up five. Mm -hmm, a mandatory five. Yeah. Like, and you're not getting out of it. Um, yeah. They didn't care about her comfort. Nope. The, well, actually, this, actually, this was uh, last year. Was this last wasn't year. even two years ago. Yep. Mom received five years sentence after falsifying son school district. And so uh, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, and of course, the woman is black. Uh, but it's that's the reason people are fighting for us uh, and calling out things like systemic racism. Like this is a glaring example. Like this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Like this is what we're talking about. Like one person just wanted to have their child go to a better school, just a better public school. And which is, which is free to go to anyway. Right. So they just wanted their child to go to a better public school. This other lady falsified documents and paid money to have their daughter admitted through information and through tactics that was blatantly illegal. Last time I checked, don't they call that conspiracy? They call that conspiracy. <laughs> they call that ad, they tack on bribery to that. Yeah, robbery, fraud. So, and she got two months while the other lady got five, five straight years. years. And I, I just I just followed uh, Janet's Twitter, Twitter for the last couple of days just to see who all was coming against her. And, you know, it's, it's your, your usual ones, but um, just white privilege, systemic racism in of itself. Now, and I know a lot of people like to straight up uh, use these, well, whatabouts. So like a particular instance happens and in defense or to criticize, it's like, well, what about this? So, um, you know, this happens. Well, what about this? To kind of make it seem like it is uh, either to dismiss it or to downplay it 
or mm-hmm. to make it seem like it's not as important or not the context and what you're trying to give it. Um, and I don't think this is one of those moments because, you know, you clearly see, you get all the details of the woman who was, uh, had to serve five years now in, and to give even more content, I believe, I believe she had a record or something. I think she tried to sell drugs or something in, in her past or whatnot. So she already had a record, but I just don't think that being arrested for trying to give your 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 child a better education, like I, I just don't think you would have to deal with that. Like I, I don't think that'd be that's an arrestable offense to be arrested and to have something tacked up on your record. Like I just want my child to go here, uh, but you want to allow my child to go here. I have to go here in a school that is, you know, obviously or or in a school that's in a a low income underrepresented, underfunded, you know, school that I know is not going to get the type of education that he'll get if they go to this school over here. And I just don't think that's right. Um, and with this lady, with Lori Laughlin, $500,000, you know, just $500,000 just to conspire and bribe to get your daughters into school, $500,000 would change the black woman's life. Like right. that's life changing money to her. And just here, <laughs> you know, this is just pennies in the wind on the other side. So I, I just, it's systemic racism. Like you, it's just nothing more you can do. So. Well, we can draw attention to it. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of people are, are starting to do now, but I guess this is where the pessimist in me kind of plays out. Cause I'm just kind of wondering like exactly what type of change will actually come because all right, this year has been, like I said, a crazy year uh, with all the marching and with all the, you know, the writing and, you know, the, the tensions have been at an all time high. Well, I can't say all time high, but tensions have been running pretty hot. Um, We've gotten some symbolism done at best. Thank you, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. Um, a lot of companies came out and put up a sign here or there. Um, now, uh, Juneteenth is a federal holiday. Thanks, guys. But I have yet to see any real policy change. And I'm just wondering because the people who are in that, that realm that can actually make policy change are still there and they're still basically like that's cute and all but fuck you like for for example the the stimulus bill mitch mcconnell being mitch mcconnell oh, um they the they pushed that up to the senate and mitch mcconnell said no and uh he what they quoted him calling it socialism for rich people uh, and we know those terms, socialism and communism, is such a trigger word for those on the right because anything they don't agree with is socialism or communism or both. Right. Like, but how is that possible? But they love using those terms. And it's like, it's one that's not even like relative on the spectrum. But so now they're balking against it. Now they're sending, they've already signed off. And from what I understand, people are, are starting to get money now, but it's not that 2000. No. It's not 2000. 
uh, and it just makes you wonder with people like Mitch McConnell who will always balk against change and and just for those who aren't familiar with who Mitch McConnell is he is a damn a lifelong um like elite Republican I think is he um what's his position now he's the he's the Senate majority leader Yes, and he's been that he's been that for your entire he's life. <laughs> well, uh, he's been he's been in the Senate. Uh, I want to say thirty years, but he's yeah. been the Senate majority leader leader for almost four years. Okay, so yes, yeah, he's been a United States senator since nineteen eighty five. So damn near our whole lives. Right. <laughs> um, he is seventy eight years old, but this is a prime example of why we do or should not focus on only the presidency right right and because it's people like him it's not so much the president that we think holds all the power we they don't they don't the president is not the one okay thank you all for coming out and voting for the president of the united states but the president of the united states also has a an entity that keeps him in check. And that entity that keeps him in check is Congress, is the Senate, is the House. You know, so and is you have opposing people that vow to oppose the president at every way can turn. This is Mitch McConnell's legacy. When Barack Obama was elected into presidency, this is the man who said, I will, I will fight and oppose him at everything he does. This is the type of man we need to worry about getting out of office. Not so much your George Bush's or even your Donald Trump's. It's this type of man. Mitch McConnell is that very same man who said that, no, Black people, you don't get reparations because that's what Barack Obama did. Because we elected Barack Obama, that was your reparations there. This yeah. is the man we need to get out of there. And the, the, problem, the problem, though, is, what is he from, Kentucky? Uh, he is he is from Sheffield, Alabama. Alabama. Okay. So who what Democrat is gonna win in Alabama? Right. So like I, I hear you. I want to get him out too, but what the only way to get Mitch McConnell out of power is to take over the Senate. You need the Senate yep. to be controlled by Democrats. Yep. This man was born in 1942. So this man had 25 years to grow up in a racist society and it hasn't left him yet. It's not going to. <laughs> and it's not going to. Not at all. So, and a lot of things that he says and does uh, reflects that. And so that's, that's it. That's it. Um, But th this is the type of man we're dealing with. And well, well, here's the big thing. The Georgia runoff, it can literally change the scales of power. Mm -hmm. Two Democrats win the Senate race come January 5th. You will have a Senate that is 50-50. Yep. Yeah. That means anything that gets voted on, if there's a tie, the vice president makes the final decision. Mm -hmm. I, 
I mean, that's that's still not a grand slam, but at least it's even playing field. Right. It at least stops the type of maneuvering and filibustering that Mitch McConnell has been able to do when it comes to people that he didn't like and how right. he would literally uh, just be an obstructionist. Just I'm I'm going to troll your presidency, and he was he was able to do it. And I know we talk about it a little. We talked about it a little bit in other episodes where he would, um, you know, reject things and reject proposals before it even hit the floor of the Senate to even look at. He would just reject it just because it had Obama's name on it. So it's just things of that nature. Like how how does that represent the people, regardless? of your political faction or whatever the case may be. How are you serving the American people? But it's these lifelong appointments. Um, So, and these are the type of people that need to go. And and that's interesting. You bring that up. So do you know the group of people that has the power to limit uh, terms for the Senate? Who is that? Uh, The Senate. The Senate. (laughs) So, so I, I fail to see how these people that's been in office 20, 30, 40 years will ever limit their own power. Right. If nothing else, they would create rules and regulations to enhance or increase enhance. Right. their power. Because and, and really, the, uh, Mitch McConnell, he has unrecognized power. Like, there's no law that says what his power is or is not. Mm-hmm. He just has the right to control the the scheduling for the Senate, what hits the floor and what, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So let's say Obama makes a proposal, it hits the House, the House passes it, it then comes to the Senate. Well, Mitch McConnell has the power to say, we're not going to even talk about it. We're not going to even discuss it. It's yep. not going to even hit the floor. I'm going to put it over here in the trash pile. And instead of it being a voted on bill that got killed, it got killed before it even made it to the floor. So mm-hmm. when you say serving the American people, I totally agree. There should never be any bill that comes out of a Senate committee mm-hmm. that doesn't go to the floor. Right. And... So why, why does one man get to decide? I mean, he literally gets to decide what will be law. And what will not be law? Because mm-hmm. if it don't hit the floor, it can't become a law. Right. He has more or less what's called a pocket veto. If yep. he puts the bill in his pocket, it's dead. Mm-hmm. So the president of the United States doesn't even have that power. Nope. He has to at least read the bill, have it in his hand, and do something with it. Mm-hmm. And there's no check and balance. There's nothing no, to check. None at all. Especially uh, with Senator with- McConnell. Yep, it's just, I, I just, I don't know. It just, just following the things that he would do and the things that he said, it's just, this is the, he is a walking embodiment of the America that conservatives want, to be honest. Uh, there is, you know, they, they call him the filibuster because basically describing everything you said that he would do, that's what he would do. Regardless, right. if it's something that he himself 
didn't like or whatever the case may be, he would filibuster it, which basically means, you know, I will get it so tied up in arguments and debates and, you know, this nitpick and that nitpick, whether it's even significant or not. But I basically would stall and stall and stall it until finally y'all give up and it just kind of dies to the, they, they refer to it as talking a bill to death. So when yeah. you talk over it, you talk over it for so much, which they uh, basically, they didn't uh, actually call it a filibuster, but the stimulus situation, it was almost becoming a filibuster because they just kept talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and negotiating and negotiating and negotiating and negotiating. But thankfully there was something that broke through, but that's the tactic that uh, Mitch McConnell would do. Uh, and clearly having white traditionalists views and um i use the term traditionalist in quotation marks um that's basically what he would do and uh as people would try to criticize joe biden and this is not like trying to cap for joe biden but it's just they were like well in 40 something years what have you done you've been in you've been a politician and in congress for 40 something years what have you done revert that same question to Mitch McConnell. What have you done? But he's killed a lot of hopes and dreams. Killed a lot of hopes and dreams <laughs> and, and carried on the, the interest of lobbyists and people who would donate it or, or to give him that type of money to give him that type of power. And, you know, it's just looking at him just, I don't know. He just got a face. He, he has a very punchable face. <laughs> just His face is extremely punchable. Um, well, the, the thing about it is, who does he have to answer to? He answers right. only to the people of Alabama. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. There is no yep. one that can fire him or punish him. Like, he only answers to the people of Alabama. Now, how long does the senator stay in office? Stays in office for six years. Uh-huh. So for six years, for five years, he can do it wrong for five years. Yep. And then do just and, and then think again, think about this. Even if someone comes to contest him, there's no Democrat that will be able to contest him in Alabama. Right. You just don't have enough clout. There's not enough pull. Nope. Not in Alabama. I shout to Alabama, but nah. <laughs> Mitch McConnell could shoot somebody, beat an old woman, and say "Roll Tide," and then get reelected to the Senate. <laughs> he could. Yep. Hey, That's all he... Democrat. Matter of fact, I don't even think he even gets contested. There's no one that challenges him from the Democratic Party. Nope. And you know how he got in the Republican Party. So yep. there's no no young Democrat to step up because you're going to get too much smoke. Yep. Some people are just too high on the totem pole to even challenge. To even challenge. And honestly, let's just be honest. We're just waiting for him to die. Basically, that's the only hope. Just wait, only, waiting for him to die. Only hope. That's it. And <laughs> a new hope. That's what we're waiting that, on. That'll be the day where uh, a, a smirk, not necessarily a smile because <laughs> it's not that serious for me, but a smirk. You get it. 
I don't necessarily uh, want him to die. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah uh, it's jokes. I'm joking, y'all. I'm not wishing death upon anybody. But the reality is, if you want any change at that with change with that type of power and the type of uh, influence that he holds, yeah, the only way that's ever leaving his hand is if them hands are dead and cold. That's it. <laughs> so, that's it. So. I mean, you might as well call him a Supreme Court justice because it's a it's a lifelong uh yep uh position at this point for him. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. No. Nope. Uh, so yeah. So that's 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 just that. So for those who are hoping for that two thousand dollars, I know y'all was y'all was ready to buy those Jordans and y'all was ready to go ahead and, and find that PS5. Sorry, you gotta make do what, what you can with that six hundred. Um, and even though, and even if you do get it, I mean, I'm not a financial advisor, but still be smart with it because it's not free money. It, I think it comes out of your tax refund. Yes. So it's like, it's not free. It's not free. So please be responsible with the money that you do receive. Uh, I'm under the impression and belief that I won't receive anything, um, which is fine. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. So I guess move, moving on. Have you seen that video with uh, Keon Harold, the the jazz player, and the uh, the chick that attacked him and his his son over an iPhone? She accused them of stealing. Oh yeah, in the store. Yeah, well, I think it yeah. was it was a hotel. Hotel. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, they've been trying to find her. Uh. So she recently, I think yesterday, anonymously called in or reached out to CNN. And um, like, there's this video and there's now new video footage because for the most part, you only saw what uh, the father, Keon Harold, recorded. And just a little context for those who may not know what I'm talking about. Keon Harold and his 14-year-old son were literally getting off the elevator. There were guests at the Arlo Hotel somewhere up there in New York. Um, they were coming down for breakfast and there was this, this young woman uh, who was going irate because she lost her phone and accused Keon Harold's son of stealing her phone and was demanding that the people of the hotel, you know, confiscate it to stop him, hold him up and make them prove to them that you know, the phone that he has isn't hers. So the very first thing that kind of stuck out to me during this whole exchange while the father was recording is the woman said, yes, there it is. Make him take off the case and show me and give me my phone. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If you lost your phone, who has time to steal your phone and put another case on it in a matter of minutes? Right. Like, do you just have random phone cases in your pocket and, and around you? Like, especially as a 14 year old kid, you're just like, oh, well, I got this iPhone case. I just hope I stumble upon an actual iPhone today. Oh, right. look, lucky day. Here's a new phone. Let me put it in my case and, and put it on. So it's like, OK, clearly you're reaching. And I think, well, I'll give my thoughts, uh, my updated thoughts outside of the fact that she would have got her ass whooped. Um, so 
she's basically being, you know, the entitled Karen in every sense of the word. Um, stopping them, not, not allowing them to move. Um, and the hotel people, you know, basically complying with this girl. And this girl is not a guest at the hotel at all. She's not a guest. She was a guest a few days prior, but she's not a guest now. So she comes back thinking she lost her phone and thinking that she lost it there. And just if you think you lost your phone days prior, then you come there and see this random kid with an iPhone. Like it, it just makes it seem like you really didn't lose your phone. You were just trying to get a phone. Um, mm. But so the dude, so the father was like, no, this isn't your phone. Um, so you need to figure that out. And so the manager is like, hey, walks past the father and goes right to the son and is like, give me your phone. Show me your phone. And I'm like, well, with that instance, you would have got punched in your face for literally ignoring me and thinking you have some sort of power to walk past me and go interrogate my son. Like, who are you? Like, I will... <laughs> You know, I, I will straight, you get fucked up. I'll just put it that way. Right. You'll get fucked up. So, oh, well, look who it is. The prodigal son. Look who it is. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and let him uh, get Load his life in. together. But well, all the while you're doing said, that, I want to I really stress to you how powerful and how dangerous a situation like this for a person of yep. color. Mm -hmm. Because this happened in 1955 to a young man by the name of Emmett, Emmett Till. Emmett Till, yep. I mean, same, same scenario. So mm -hmm. a white lady accused him of something. If you don't know the story of Emmett Till, you gotta go do the research on your own. I don't wanna explain it, but yeah. I'm gonna make it real quick. He was tortured, he was killed, and there was no justice. And this is the... Well, you're gonna have to go out and come back in again. So apparently he's saying he having some some video issues where he can see, but he can't see himself. Right. So, but continuing the story of what's going on. Um, so this this lady is, you know, demanding the hotel people stop them. The father was like, no, her problem is not our problem. So you have to find it out yourself. And so he's like, so we're going to go. And she's like, no, I'm not letting him leave. And he's like, well, fuck you, bitch. I'm out of here. So yeah. he's done and they go to leave. And he says, um, so while they're leaving, she runs and tackles the son, trying to like drag him to the ground, uh, trying to go through his pockets to get the phone. Um, just a whole chaotic scene that she created. And then literally minutes later, after being separated, an Uber driver comes in and gives her her phone that she left in his car. And of course, no apologies, no, um, no anything, just going about your business. And that's what makes me think that you wasn't looking for a lost phone. You was looking for another phone. Mm. Okay, it, just, it, just, it doesn't make sense as to why you thought that in a matter of minutes that this young boy will tap will get your phone and put a case on it and it just and the fact that you felt entitled enough to where you could attack this boy and i'm like and if i'm the father i'm sorry 
she claimed that she was in fact the victim and she was the fact assaulted. You damn right you would have been. You would have been more than just separated. I would have beat shit down your leg. I'm sorry. And I I do not, like, I'm not advocating violence against women because I know how y'all like to misconstrue shit. But the moment you thought it was okay to assault a minor, a minor that is my child, then yes, you open yourself up to a lot of smoke coming your way. And you would have felt, you would have felt the ramifications of your mistake that day. Um, but the thing I find, I find crazy is like, you couldn't, they, I guess they still haven't found this girl or who she is. And you know, like the internet's undefeated, but somehow <laughs> she's still been able to go, uh, under the radar and, um, go under the radar and just not been able to be identified yet. Because just with everything else that's happened, y'all y'all find these people quick, but y'all haven't been able to find her. But she anonymously called in CNN and was like, uh, yeah, I can't, you know, she called in and was like, she was the victim and she had proof. And so they reached out to her to get this proof and she has since then ghosted them. <laughs> so uh, especially now that the, now there's hotel footage of the incident, incident showing her literally running and grabbing and and dragging the the, the son to the ground, um, and you know it's just that entitlement and just absolute privilege that you thought you was well within your right to do that, um, even with even it being shown that this is not your phone. So like th- th- there's another situation or another way that I figured that you could uh, handle it. Um, it's like, no, I'm not going to take their phone from them, but just stand over here. And could you just show everyone that your phone is on, is not cut off or anything like that? Your phone is on? Cool. Ma'am, what's your phone number? Call it. If this phone rings, uh, then it's your phone. Oh, it doesn't ring? Oh, sorry, not your phone. Get out of here. Uh, but that's just in hindsight. You know, everyone has a 2020. We're looking at things after it happened, but. Well, and here's another thing. Since when is it someone else's responsibility to be accountable for your phone? Exactly. Exactly. When did that happen? Yeah. You you so, get the check in your pockets and you ain't got your phone. That is your problem. That, that is, is your, your problem. Phone. That's a you problem. And to act like, you know, you're the only person in the world with an iPhone. So in, in the video, I remember the guy was like, you know, turn on. Uh, find my iPhone or something, and she was like, "Oh, well, it's turned off. That's your problem, not mine. That's your problem." Like, and but you just saw uh, what you saw, and I, I understand that people people, you know, panic or whatnot. You know, especially when you lost your phone, and I just figured she probably had a whole bunch of shit up in that phone. That's why she was really. <laughs> I wonder what kind of shit you had up in your phone. <laughs> Well, here's my here's my thing. Let's say you see somebody take your phone. Mm-hmm. You're, in a, you're in a different position now. You know right. what I'm saying? Let's say you you someone steals your purse, your wallet. You have you have identification of the person that stole your phone. Uh-huh. But she doesn't have that. Right. She has a missing phone. She don't mm-hmm. know who got it. She don't know where she left it. She don't know if it was taken. So everything that she's making at this point 
is frantic, hysterical, and wrong. Like she's just yep. making accusations. Mm-hmm. Like if I lose my cell phone, I don't care who's in the room. I'm not blaming anybody because I don't know. Exactly. I can't blame you for something if I don't know. If I do not know. So it would have, again, never would have dawned to me to stop somebody to see if they stole my phone. First of all, it's my phone. I should have been responsible. It should have been securing my person to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, just, just even still, like what crosses your mind to feel like, okay, I can literally uh, just, I can literally detain, interrogate, and search you to give right. my to get my phone. <laughs> like, that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, even the police don't even have the power to detain and search you without calls. Right. You don't even have calls. You're right. But I, I, I was kind of afraid of the hypothetical of what if she did get the police involved? And instead of the hotel managers and workers in that, in that lobby, there were police there. And I think they would have done more than what the hotel manager did, walk right past the father and right. go straight to the son and interrogate the son right in front of the father. And any attempt of the father trying to protect his son will be seen as resisting arrest. And you know what happens when we resist arrest? And we don't mm -hmm. comply. So it's like um, it could have gone very, very, very ugly in just a small, minor detail change. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that they've got a lawyer. I'm glad that they're they're trying to find who she is and press charges because th this example, like an example, needs to be made. Yeah. An example like. Uh, you you just got to hold people accountable for their actions. It doesn't matter what the context is. You don't treat people that way. Uh, right. And we know how women are when it comes to accountability. So, um, yeah, hot take there. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> I'll take the bullet there. <laughs> take that one. <laughs> you know, women are when it comes to taking accountability for anything. No, but that's but you make but. A, a valid point. Like I get her position. Mm -hmm. I know what. It it's just like when you lose your cell phone, but you don't have the right to just point fingers in the sky. Oh, that person has it. The black person has it. The kid mm -hmm. has You don't have the right to do that. Nope. Nope. And you, you damn sure don't have the right to stop them and, and interrogate them and try to take their possession. Yep. They got to work for that. And then, even then, and then even then, once you see that this, you made a mistake, you don't even apologize. There's not even an apology. The, the, the reason why there's no apology is because you have no empathy or sympathy yep. for the person you're making these accusations of. Right. Because in her mind, whether the kid had the phone or not, he's guilty. Mm hmm So why would she apologize? Because she's the victim. Yep. That's how that's how she sees it through this whole entire uh -huh. event. It these... doesn't matter to her that she's traumatizing a 14-year-old child. That doesn't yep. matter. Because in her mind, she's the victim, and she has the right to be made whole. Yep. Uh, and because just the people that she are accusing are automatically looked upon as criminals and animals. So, you know, you don't deserve that type of empathy or consideration of how, how am I affecting them with my negligence and being held responsible for the fact that this is my problem here but I'm going to make it yours. 
It's not right. my problem. Is it's not the problem that I lost my phone. You right. stole my phone. Yeah. So I didn't lose it. You stole it. But but think about how simple changing the context of those words in the sentence. Mm-hmm. How it changes the whole entire scenario. Yep. If you go to the manager and say, "Hey, I lost my phone," the manager is merely looking for the phone. Yep. You go and tell the manager those guys stole my phone. Mm-hmm. It's a total different animal. Totally different animal. Yep. And it's just it's just crazy that that is acceptable behavior. Even though we point it out and we call them Karen to this day, but sometimes that can get your life taken. Yep. Yep. Because even though the term Karen is is relatively new this year, but that behavior and yeah. that entitlement, that that mindset and perspective, that's what happened to Emmett Till. Right. That's what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They got Black Wall Street and that entire town burnt to the ground. Like right. th- this has that has happened time and time and time and time again to the point to where even people that report false robberies or or call the police on things, what's the main thing they will fall back on? It was a black person. It was a black right. man. It was like it is it's ingrained, ingrained in society, and it's those instances of people who think that is okay and and then you wonder why we have such strong opinions or skepticism when it comes to dealing with white culture or people who we know were born raised ingrained indoctrinated in that culture so what do you want us to do what do you want us to do because i'm not going to simp to you Uh, i'm not going to i'm not going to live my life trying to prove to you that me as a black man am not a threat to you. Like, I don't got time for that. Like, and I will not do that because that will have me under the mindset or the guise of believing that I am inferior to you. So if you believe I'm a threat. We know that's been taught for generations. Right. So, yeah. So whoever she is, she needs to be brought, she needs to be held accountable. Um, and I, I, I honestly hope they find her. I hope they find who she is. There was, they thought they found this one girl <clears throat> and she basically had to shut down like all of her social media was like, no, this is not me. Um, which it doesn't even look like her, but they thought they found her, uh, but it wasn't her. But it's like, still, yeah, you got to find her. Find that woman but um for Raphael, man I, I hate to have to run nope, I have it's some all good so I guess the last thing because I'm about to roll up out of here too um what do you what are you looking for when it comes to 2021 Oof. I, I, uh, I don't want to say what's your resolution because I feel like nobody keeps New Year's resolutions right well, uh, what's your outlook upon the new year? Just let's find some tranquility, some stability, some some peace of mind. You know, like right. I I, I just want to go to work, take care of mine, be able to touch bases with family and friends, and not have to have that that heavy heart like every time I talk. You know, like right. Like it's always a joy when we get to talk and just you know, shoot the shit and just check mm-hmm. on each other 
and not have that heavy burden of like, man, did you see what happened in the news today? Or did you see what happened to that person? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to, I just want to get back to that. Just the right. enjoying life, enjoying the moments. Right. I agree. And having Eric in our podcast. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. That's my new year's resolution for 2021. You know what? Eric make it part of the podcast. <sighs> it's, um, yeah, honestly, I don't even know if I could keep that resolution because we know this is kind of, this is the norm for him. I know it. <laughs> so you, you asking a grown ass man to <laughs> change something that he's been doing his entire life. And look, so, now he's got camera problems, phone problems. <laughs> okay. Co-author, co-writer, co-producer. Yeah. So, uh, How you gonna be a producer and you can't produce? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's our Eric. That's Big E, man. But uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you. Thanks, thank you everyone for for just tuning in. I wish everyone a happy new year. Um, spend some time with your families. You know, th- this is if anything a time to just kind of appreciate what you have things have been very 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 different but still take this time to just think about what you do have your friends your family uh and however you're able to stay in touch with them uh if you haven't told your friends and family and your close ones that you love them please do so because again it's this is just such a crazy time and i'm looking forward until the new year let's let's press for more understanding let's press for peace tranquility and also the understanding that these things must be fought for so right uh and to not be afraid and to have courage to fight for what's true not for what you believe but for what's true uh and to kind of have a shift of not basing what's true on what our biased beliefs are but to shape our beliefs and opinions on actually what's true unbiased truth so with all that being said on behalf of myself craig mac and the ghost of big e thank you all again for checking out this new year's uh e podcast we're gonna be back with y'all uh in 2021 uh still stumbling forward still growing and, and figuring out how to get things better for any comments questions suggestions hit us up at our email at talkmycredo at gmail.com uh, please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, however you're listening to this. Sit give it us a follow, a subscription. It'll really help us out. And again, this is Talk My Credo. I have a happy, happy new year. We'll see y'all again. Peace. Love and respect. Out.